Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Ontario Court of Appeal ruled this week that willing sex between 14 and 15-year-old teens and adults five or more years older than those teens remains unconstitutional and that criminal charges should be applied. This after a lower court refused to convict a 21-year-old man who had sex with a 15-year-old teen who became pregnant because the judge said the entire relationship, now this is the, the lower card judge, said the entire relationship was consensual. And there's another story we're going to talk about, and that's in Manitoba, teenage boys sent to bullied girls a girl, rather, links to Amanda Todd's video. You know Amanda's story. She would have been 19 on Friday, this past Friday. Amanda's mom, Carol Todd, uh, does a lot of great work, terrific work, with young people and protecting young people. And uh, she joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Been on the show, of course, many times in the past. Hi, Carol. Hi, Roy. How are you? I'm great. Good to talk to you again. It's been nice a while. To you, too. Yeah, yeah. it has. Yeah. And uh, David Butt, criminal lawyer in Toronto, legal advisor for the Kids Internet Safety Alliance. David is kind enough to give us much of his time on the weekend as well. We interrupt you a great deal, David. Thank you so much for the time. Oh, pleasure to be here, Roy. Carol, uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about how things are going with uh, Amanda's foundation, what, you're, what you've been doing, and, and what's, what's, uh, what's ahead in the near future. Well, it's 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 been a busy 2015 with um speaking engagements and Amanda's legacy just creating more awareness through our campaigns um i actually thought that at the end of 2014 it would quiet down and but it hasn't and and now 2016 seems to be just as busy um you know what it's just making sure that that families and and kids are safer online and offline and and then we have the component of mental health and it's just it's been a really um inspiring year for me i've learned a lot on this journey well i'm glad that uh, that is turning out as you wished it would and i've heard a lot of good things about what you've been doing and what the foundation's been doing to impact positively on young mm-hmm. people well, what is your thinking of the, uh, first of all, the lower court decision in uh, in Ontario, where the judge wasn't going to convict the 21-year-old or refused to convict the 21-year-old man who had the sexual relationship with a 15-year-old girl. She became pregnant, and the judge said, uh, and, and the girl agreed, that it was consensual throughout the relationship, so she wasn't going to, the, the female judge wasn't going to convict the 21-year-old, but then the Ontario Court of Appeal said, no, 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 that doesn't matter. He was more than five years older than her. He, he should be charged. Where do you stand? Where do I stand? I just did some reading on it this morning, and um, I, in, in my, you know, um, maturity and mental capacity differs from people to people, and in countries, in different countries, there's also a different value system. Um, but I truly think that there's that five to six year gap needs to be put in place because I don't believe that a 14 year old, 15 year old is, is that mature to make life decisions like that. Right. And a 21 year old, most of them know, know better. Right. And, and what I've 
been hearing stories, real-life stories from parents of, you know, kids that are um, teenagers that they're being, they're, they're seeing older, older boys. And the Internet and social media has created this with various venues that people can connect. And um, in my personal opinion, I would not want my 14-year-old to be dating a 19-year-old or older. No, that's, a, that's not a comfort zone, is it? No, it is. That really is not a comfort zone. And when you're 19 years of age and you're a male, or 19 years of age and you're a female, mm-hmm. you know what the rules are. You know uh, what the situation is. You know what your responsibilities are viscerally. And whether yes. the younger, the you know, the younger teen says it's consensual or not really doesn't matter. I agree with the appeals court uh, in this one. Dave, what, what are your thoughts, first as a criminal lawyer and then as a dad? Yes. Uh, first of all, you know, as a, as a criminal lawyer... Uh, what we have here is is Parliament making a choice, and they've made a choice to have a five-year gap. Now, you can have a reasonable debate. Should it be a you know a five-year gap, a ten-year gap, a six-year gap? Those are, are reasonable debates. The the idea though is that, generally speaking, and there are always exceptions when you're dealing with age. But generally speaking, you've got young, youngish teenagers who uh, will not possess the maturity of judgment uh, to be able to um, prevent being exploited by much more sophisticated, older people. And so that's really what this law is getting at. And, you know, any, any number, if you, as I say, five, six or seven, and could be debated, and you might say, well, it should only be four-year gap. It should only it should be a six-year gap. Bottom line is, the parliament is given the latitude to make that difficult choice, and the court asks, is it a reasonable choice for the broad spectrum of the population? And if it is, the courts are going to uphold it, and that's exactly what uh, happened here. I happen to think it's wise to have this uh, um, legislation in place that protects younger teenagers from much older uh, people who might prey on them. And so, therefore, I, I personally uh, support the decision of the appeal court to uh, uphold that law. So what's likely to happen here now? Uh, the, the, the original judge refused to press charges. Now the appeals court has ruled. What are the next steps, and what's the potential punishment? The, the individual male who engaged in those uh, sexual activities is... Uh, looking at being criminally convicted for that uh, for that kind of, of crime because the appeal court has said to the lower court judge you are wrong to acquit him so a, a, a conviction is is uh, um, basically a foregone conclusion okay. and then the question of penalty comes in and it's at that point that the judge will have more discretion and given that the uh, young uh, girl in this piece uh, asserts and asserts quite uh, vociferously that uh, it was consensual, that will certainly affect the penalty. It'll lower the penalty that's uh, that's going to be applied. Can I ask a question? Is this in Ontario only? And the decision in a technical sense applies only in the province of Ontario. On the other hand, it is a decision interpreting a federal law, and that law applies across the country. So that interpretation given by Ontario's highest court will be very persuasive in other provinces and typically 
other provinces' courts would follow it. Not necessarily, but typically. There, there's another thought that I had, Carol, and I, I want to run this past you. Um, when, when, when I was in high school, it seemed like the prettiest girls in school were always dating guys who were older than than we were. And some of them were even, you know, might have been university students. And there, there's, there was this, there was this attraction uh, to for going out with a, with an, you know, with an older boy, as it were, with a, with a more mature male than we were. And and I, I think that what I'm getting at is here is a 14 year or 15 year old girl might easily just, just for circumstances and surroundings, be more vulnerable to, uh, to the approaches of a, of a, of a 20 or 21 or 22 year old. Oh, definitely. You know what? You get the you get the status, um, and then there's that part where the older person has um, some monetary value. They can buy you things, and and that's part of the the grooming and the luring and the the enticement out of it, right? And then we're not saying that that a hundred percent of all people, all males or or females that are older, are are um, vindictive or anything right i mean there's that small part that it 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 could be okay but it's just doesn't seem right in societal value right um so what do you do when you have a 17 year old dating a 36 year old man which i know of a circumstance right now and the mom's not able to do anything about it because the daughter's saying it's consensual and she's right. 17, so she's over the age of 16. I had a, I had a mother in studio with me uh, in Hamilton at CHML, and she was the mom, uh, the, 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 her daughter was 17 or 16 or 17 years of age, mm-hmm. and she was dating a man, like you said, in his late 30s. There was nothing she could do. She tried moving to another community, so the guy just mm-hmm. moved right along with them. Yep. But on the other hand, adults in authority... So if you have an a educator, you have a police officer, you have someone in authority, they are not um, legally allowed to date someone with that age span. What about that, so, Dave? <laughs> yes, um, and, and uh, that's a very good point that's been added into the discussion here, that if the older person in the relationship is in a position of authority, then the law is even more careful and, and basically... Uh, Sexual relations are, are problematic, even if the teenager, the younger person, is 16 or 17. And what that recognizes is that when you are in a position of authority, for example, a coach, a teacher, mm-hmm. uh, a boss at an employment situation, those people do have an inherent degree of power over that person that makes it much more problematic in figuring out whether this was truly consensual sexual activity or not. And so for the 16- and 17-year-olds, they're protected in that situation as well. Carol Todd and uh, David Butt with me on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Carol, of course, Amanda's mother. And uh, um, Carol, the, the, uh, the foundation, uh, tell, us, tell our listeners how they can find the foundation. Uh, you can find more information at www.amandatodlegacy.org. Um, we've got a few awareness campaigns going on right now with snowflakes, and I'm in the middle of revamping our website to make it more um, user-friendly and accessible. So amandatodlegacy.org is yeah. where you can go. And uh, David, but I, I, Carol, tell us please what uh, 
What's happening in that story in uh, in Manitoba? You've been in touch with the mother of the of the girl involved, right? She, you know what I I um she had contacted me about a year ago um, on on my social media and, and we chatted a little bit and then we lost touch and and I recently reconnected with her and and you know what it's just mum to mum talk because you know what we're all worried about our children and and what happens to them and what has happened to her daughter as expressed in the media is is also horrific and when you read it i mean what happened to her daughter happened in a span of five days um and and that was pretty you know that was pretty fast and And one of the things that happened to her was they some individuals involved in bullying this girl um sent her amanda's video yeah you know what And, and these boys were you know sexually abusive to her and, and, you know, threatening to share pictures and images. And, um, of course, any young girl, any young, any young person victimized um, starts to exhibit those, those signs of helplessness and hopelessness. And I believe that, yes, you know what, the, one of the boys did send a message to the girl and say, hey, you should watch Amanda Todd's video. And, and the young girl, I don't believe, knew anything about Amanda at that point. And um, when she did see it, she was like, hey, that sounds just like me. And, and it, it sounded like, you know, the boys were trying to send her a message saying, um, look at this, you're doing exactly what that girl did. You shouldn't be. Um, but on the other hand, you know what, you shouldn't be. Those boys knew better. They, they, you would think they have known better in their heads not to do what they did either. So yeah. um, a slap in the face using using Amanda's story to um, once again victimize someone. And, and that's not, not that's not the conscious effort of what we're doing with sharing Amanda's story, right? Yeah. So Dave, as, uh, again, as a lawyer and as a father, and uh, the uh, legal advisor to the Kids Internet Safety Alliance, what's the response to this? What, what are the options? What, what should be considered? Yes, I, I think obviously there has to be a firm denunciation of that kind of, of bullying behavior. And then the, the question becomes, and, and this is a very sensitive one in, in a teenage uh, context, uh, firm denunciation, absolutely essential. And then the question is, what form does that take? Is it something that takes place as, as discipline within a school setting, within a family setting, or within a criminal court setting with the, you know, the laying of a, um, a criminal invasion of privacy charge, for example? So those are the three options that you want to consider. And frankly, uh, you know, for the most egregious forms of bullying, the, the criminal sanction is appropriate. And certainly in the other forms, family, school, mm-hmm. uh, these things should be dealt with as, as ongoing concerns and matters of education. And it's not just one situation where the Internet is being, or the odd situation, where the Internet or social media are being used, same thing, actually, uh, to, to bully or to intimidate. Um, I'm sure you come across that in, uh, at Kinzer quite regularly, Dave. Yes, that's right. And what, uh, what social media has done, and, and in many respects it's a very, very positive technological development, it has empowered anyone to speak to the entire world, if I can put it that way. And so people who exhibit poor judgment in in what they do and what they say can now have a much wider impact. People who exhibit good judgment and are promoting positive causes, like Carol, can likewise take advantage of social media to get very positive messages out. 
So what we have to be educating kids about generally is that this is a very powerful tool that sits in their hands every day they pick up their phone, and it's a powerful tool that has to be used in a thoughtful and sensitive and compassionate way because the consequences of cruel use of it are so much bigger than they were before the social media era. So that's a really important message we have to constantly be reinforcing with uh, with our kids who are starting to use social media at younger and younger ages. Carol? Um, I, I so agree with what David has been saying, and, and life has certainly evolved and changed with, with the onset of using technology and, and social media and, and smart media devices. And so, you know, what we when we look at what our kids are doing, it's it's just there's three silos in my brain as a teacher, as a parent, and, and that is pre- um, prevention, intervention, and reaction. And we, a- we can't always, we don't always want to end up at that reaction stage. We want to do the prevention stage because I think that by, you know, digital safety, digital citizenship, digital responsibility, it's the responsibility of school, family, community, and even government, we have a and telecommunication companies. And you know what? I used to say that all the time that they need to get involved. And there is one in Canada that is working on social media safety and families right now. And so those are the things that we need to really okay. work on proactively. Carol Todd, it's Amanda Leg- Amanda Todd Legacy dot uh, org, right? Yes, it is Amanda Todd Legacy dot org. Uh, review it, have a look, and and, uh, and and see what they're doing, and you can participate, and you can also learn. And uh, David Butt, criminal lawyer, um, legal advisor to the Kids Internet Safety Alliance. And what's the web address there, Dave? It's uh, net. And that's K-I-N-S-A.net. Thank you both very much for joining us. Pleasure as always. All the very best. Thank you. Stay in touch. We'll come back and wrap things up right after this.